Hello and welcome to a Saturday, December 23rd, the day before the day before Christmas edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, a writer and editor at LeBronWire.com, former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian, and your host here of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On podcast network. Welcome back to the show. If you were with us earlier this week, thank you for bearing with me while I was dealing with that ridiculous cold that I was, uh, I feel like everyone's sick right now. Everyone. Like I, I was walking around, you know, went to the store the other day, just heard everybody sniffling, you know, getting last minute things for the, for the Christmas, for the holidays and, and all that. And it, it just it felt like sniffles everywhere. It felt like everybody was sick. So I guess I wasn't alone, but I, I was fortunate enough to be able to stay home and be in bed for a few days and finally got a little bit better, uh, thankfully, so that I can stuff my face uh, this weekend and you know maybe have a little wine or something. Or, or, you know, my ideal plan is to have some of the Anchor Brewing seasonal ale tomorrow. Gonna that's that's it's become a little bit of a Christmas tradition for myself and my girlfriend Kelsey. We we love that beer. It changes every year. No Oregon has great local brews, and I'm a big fan of them. But I don't think anybody does the seasonal Christmas holiday ale better than the the folks down at Anchor Brewing in in San Francisco and and. So I'm hoping that I can have some. Looking forward to that. Uh, and look, looking forward to a couple of days without Blazer games. Uh, you know, the Cavs play on Christmas Day, so I'll be I'll be walking, watching that, working that. But uh, you know, tomorrow no games. And it's gonna be great. I'm just very excited for that. So, but there were two games the last couple of nights, and I was actually at. Uh, the first one I'll talk about. So the Blazers played tonight. They beat the Los Angeles Lake. I'll I'll just give that and we'll talk about that game after. The Blazers beat the Los Angeles Lakers tonight, 95-92. This is a Saturday night, December 23rd. Came back. It was this was a tough game. And then but before that, we'll talk about the bad one first. They the game I was at last night, they lost an ugly one to the Denver Nuggets, 102-85. Nikola Jokic. 27, 9, 6 rebounds, and and playing with a little bit of a mean streak is, is one of the things I noticed by watching him is it looked like he actually cared that Nurkic had kind of dominated the the, the most the last two matchups between these two guys. And, and Jokic looked like he he went in there with a purpose and and looked ready to 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 he, he looked like he was a little ticked off. And you know, that was one of the things that Corbin Smith and I have, have joked was that, you know, in that game for the eight seed, you know, Jokic didn't look like he really cared. And uh, that was a little bit of a difference in last night's game was that it looked like Nurkic, you know, was on a mission last night to to destroy the Blazers and Nurkic. And, you know, the Blazers didn't have Nurkic on him most, of, uh, you know, for the whole time. They, they had a menu on him a lot, which is what they do against, you know, the, I guess, the unicorn types, 
the the guys that can shoot threes, the guys that can post up, you know, in theory, the guys that can kind of stretch the floor and beat you down low. And and Jokic has three point range, so they had a meaning on him. But but Nurk also got on him a few times, and uh, Jokic was just on a mission. And you know, we'll we'll talk about that game quickly because it wasn't a great game. Wilson Chandler also dominated, twenty one points, eleven rebounds. Uh, and Gary Harris also had 17 points for the Nuggets. The Blazers couldn't get anything going, really. CJ had a rough night, 15 points, 7 of 18. Shabazz, 6 of 15. Uh, just just not a great night overall for the Blazers against the Nuggets. It was, it, it was close in, like, the second quarter, uh, and then that's kind of when it started to get away from the Blazers uh, after being down by 6, and it was just kind of gradual the Nuggets building up the lead until it was 20 points, you know, in the last five minutes of the game and, and everyone started leaving. So, uh, and, and that game, a much more important game, frankly, than the one that happened tonight, a home game, a game against a team that they're potentially going to be fighting for a playoff seed with in the Nuggets, uh, a, a game that factors into tiebreaker scenarios when you get down to April and now the Blazers have two more games against Denver and they're both in Denver so so Portland blew one of their home games that they had against the Nuggets and now they got to go steal one in Denver uh, to, to make sure that they don't lose that season series tiebreaker so the Blazers lose last night 102-85 to the Denver Nuggets it was a rough one Jokic I thought really he was he was emotionally on another plane than he normally is. He had a lot more fire. He's a lot more stoic usually, and especially in the, the times that I've seen him play. And, and last night he really brought the the intensity. And, and Nurkic, you know, he 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 hasn't had uh, you know that great of a season to be to be honest. You know, he ha- he hasn't really had that good of a season. So, uh, you know, his, his rough time continues uh, right now for the Portland Trailblazers, and then we'll we'll circle it back around to the Laker game where Nurkic didn't even play in the fourth quarter. And we'll get to some of Nurkic's uh, advanced stats and, and some of the – we'll get, dig a little bit deeper on his numbers uh, in, in a little bit. But first, we're going to talk about that Lakers game and a win that uh, the Blazers stole from the jaws of defeat. 95-92, as I mentioned – and a big night. Welcome back, Maurice Harkless. Uh, 22 points, 6 rebounds, a crucial and one in the final minute of play after a C.J. McCollum miss. Uh, just making all of the big plays down the stretch. And then also props to Zach Collins, who finished with 11 points and 6 rebounds in the game, played 31 minutes his uh, career high and played basically all of the fourth quarter as well. Harkless had 13 of his 21 in the fourth and and really brought it uh, and, and shot the three. He he did a little bit of everything and he, credit to him for staying ready because the old Mo Harkless, uh, not the one that we know, but the one that was in Orlando that a lot of Orlando people told me to maybe worry about when he first came over was, you know, he, he got kind of pouty. He got, he was out of the rotation. He kind of just, you know, mentally kind of checked out once he stopped getting playing time. And 
you know, one of the things that I think that's happened here is that he's he's been a really important player for the Blazers at times, but he also I think has gotten a little bit better at rolling with the punches. And tonight, no Dame. CJ had another rough game. And Harkless comes off the bench and steps it up and 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 basically helps wins them this game. I mean, without Mo, they don't win this game. Uh, obviously, a lot of guys contributed, but but Mo with the big play down the stretch, making shots down the stretch, playing his you know good defense, having that size out there, uh, you know guarding Kyle Kuzma and, and guys like that on a night when you know Aminu only played twenty two minutes. Evan Turner only played 20 minutes. I mean, Stotts was really going with the bench in this game, and and the bench delivered. And, and and it was a bench unit that got them that lead back. It was Harkless. It was Ed Davis. It was Zach Collins. It was CJ. It was Shabazz. And and, and those guys, you know, won the game for the Blazers. And and it was it was a rough one, you know, for for a lot of this game. So. Uh, you know, credit to the Blazers for, for fighting. And again, they win on the road, which is just, it, it becomes even more confusing uh, every time they win another road game and they lose another home game. It, it really is quite something. They're now 10-6 and six on the road, the Trailblazers are, and, the, and they're 7-10 and 10 at home. I'm just going to let, let that one marinate for a second. Seven and ten at home, ten and six on the road. The Portland Trailblazers. It does not make any sense, but it is 2017, and and things really don't make that much sense anymore. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I guess whatever works. But you know, now you know, now they're they really, you know, they really haven't they haven't had the the latitude to kind of mess around at home anyway. But it's even worse now because Oklahoma City's got got it together all of a sudden. They won four straight now, just one at Utah, and the the Blazers just really I, I have really messed up some home games, and they've got one more before they head back out on the road. But I guess road is where the winds are, and. Uh, Maybe being a little uncomfortable is what this team needs to 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 be successful, which is is, is just really weird. But uh, that has been the season for the Blazers. They have been a great road team and a really disappointing home team. As far as the Lakers are concerned, they were led by Kyle Kuzma, who was not efficient tonight. He was six of nineteen from the field. And Jordan Clarkson had 18 points, 7 of 14. Julius Randle had some big plays late. Lonzo Ball, 10 points, 11 assists, 8 rebounds in 37 minutes. Also had a block on CJ McCollum. Also five turnovers for Lonzo. Uh, but the Blazers did not really, you know. Uh, and, the, and the Blazers actually, they turned, they turned the Lakers over quite a bit. Uh, 17 turnovers for the Lakers, only 11 for Portland. So without Dame ball control uh even more important than it normally is but you know to the Blazers credit they haven't been like a terrible turnover team this season so we'll we'll we'll, we'll just roll with that that that's that kind of is what it is 
Contavious Caldwell Pope, who hit a big three in the last Lakers game, which set up the the Damian Lillard step back game winner over Brandon Ingram. He missed a three uh, for the Lakers at the end of the game, and uh, the Blazers got the rebound, and that was that. But uh, it was it was you know as thrilling as a game could be when Dame's not out there. Brandon Ingram's not out there for for the Lakers, I mean, and and thank goodness that the Blazers won this game. I know Kyle Kuzma's pretty good, but you know Brandon Ingram has been the the clutch guy for the the Lakers a lot this season. Uh, when I saw the Lakers down in Staples, I saw them play Philly, and when it started to get tight and it started to get toe to toe with with the Sixers, it was Ingram who stepped up for the Lakers, and and. You know, the Portland didn't have their guy either in Dame, a guy who always steps up in the clutch, so kind of even there. But uh, the Blazers still should have won this game. I think they're a better team, and they did win this game. And credit to, to CJ, who, you know, fighting through another tough shooting night at being the lead guard. Credit to Shabazz, again, 21 points, 4 of 7 from 3. He was eight of eighteen from the field, and 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 Zach Collins, uh, you know I've I like I said I've I've been really rough on the pick, and I, I've been trying to say this as Collins has gotten more playing time, and I'll say it again. You know I want to commend him when he plays well, when he does something good, and when he when he makes something happen, and he made a lot of things happen tonight. He played great D, hit a three, had three assists. Six rebounds. He also had two blocks, and uh, played a lot down the stretch. You know, uh, it, it was he was in the fourth quarter, and this was kind of the same story in the Laker game or the Warriors game. Excuse me, uh, the Lakers of 2017, I suppose. Uh, the the Warriors game. You know, he was in down the stretch of that game too when Dame started just launching, and. You know, he, he, he's got some ability to either pick and pop or, you know, post up on a mismatch. He had one nice, you know, hockey assist off of a post up. And, you know, I, I made this joke and I, I looked up the stats and, and, and no, on a per possession basis, Zach Collins is not a more efficient post up player than Nurkic right now. But at the same time, using those statistics to evaluate rookies is inherently flawed. Like that's just not a great when something's great as a rookie, you know, then you know, even then you got to kind of hmm, but you know, that is a little bit more it's almost like summer league. Like rookie stats to me are, are a little bit like summer league. Like if it's good, great. If it's bad, it doesn't necessarily mean everything. And I also think I, I just like what I see with the eye test. And I think with rookies, that's the most important thing. And Collins, he, he, he stepped up tonight, played defense on Kuzma a lot as well. And, and the Blazers' defense really played well down the stretch, especially in the second half of this game. And uh, that's what they needed. I mean, their defense has carried them all season long. This is, again, a weird Blazers team. Really weird Blazers team. Their defense is carrying them. They don't win at home. All kinds of weird stuff's happening with this Blazers team. But their defense carried them in the second half. 
And, and, and credit to Collins, credit to Ed Davis, and, and credit to all those guys that were out there in the fourth quarter making plays and, and saving this game. And, you know, I don't really care that much about the, the win streak against the Lakers, which I think is at 14 now. I don't really care as much about that as I do just getting a W. I mean, the Blazers have had a rough month of December. I mean, they, they have really just, it's just L's all through the calendar in December. And they have, they have but four wins in December. And it's been a really rough month. They have really, really struggled. And just to get any type of win, to get any type of good vibe going into this long extended break, they're going to have five days off until they play. Well, not five days off. I'm sure they'll practice before then. But their next game isn't until Thursday against the Philadelphia 76ers. And so they, they needed this because if they were going to go into the, into the holidays, everyone's going home to see family and, and all that, and, and, and having a bad taste in your mouth of, of four losses in a row would have been really bad uh, after a five-game losing streak that they had earlier in the month. And so the, the Blazers salvaged one tonight. I mean, they really, really did. This is one they really, really needed. And... Uh, you know, the, the Lakers are a scrappy bunch. You know, they, they, they play good defense for the most part. They they really make you work for shots. CJ, that's one of the reasons I think CJ had such a tough night. And, you know, you could be hard on him and be like, this is what happens when CJ's the lead guy. But it's also, you know, the Lakers are a good defensive team. Lonzo Ball is a good defender. KCP, who was on uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who was on CJ McCollum, is a really aggressive, long, athletic defender. Who, who gave CJ trouble throughout the night and the Blazers were able to to survive. And, and, and this is what's so confusing about this Blazers team because this is the type of win without Dame on the road that, you know, this is the type of win that playoff teams get in this spot. On the road, second night of a back-to-back, you don't have your star player, but you need a win and they get it. And that's what's so weird about this team. They like, when they need a win desperately in a really tight spot on the road they've been getting them and then when they have cushy games at home they lose them and so i i wonder if i don't know what it is do they need to stay in a hotel at home before home games do they you know do they need to get takeout you know do they need to be be away from their personal chefs i i don't know what it is you know i i i I really don't know uh I'm, i'm trying to figure it out if anyone has any details on why the Blazers are so good in the toughest of tough spots, uh, let me know. But uh, I'm still trying to figure out the answers for this Blazers team. But they get a win, a very important win, 95-92 against the Los Angeles Lakers on Saturday night as they head into the holidays before they face off against the Philadelphia 76ers on the 28th. So as I mentioned, I was going to talk a little bit about Yusuf Nurkic's uh, numbers and try and, and try and dive a little bit deeper on, on, on what's been going on with him this season because uh, I, I, I do think that, you know, he hasn't it hasn't just it hasn't been that great. Their offense has really struggled. I think a lot of that happens when Nurkic is on the floor. Uh, the post-ups, you know, they don't seem like the most uh, they're not. They're no. That's not seem. They're just not the most efficient plays with him, and 
his you know finesse is around the rim is is a little weird you know uh for a guy that big a guy that strong there was one play in this game tonight where it was only KCP was around the basket and Nurkic had the ball had an opportunity to score and dunk it and he went for like a floater and it's like yo you're 7 feet tall you're you're the big bosnian beast throw it down big man as blazers legend bill walton would say you got to throw it down i mean this is the whole point of being big is that it's easier to dunk for you than it is for everybody else and that he hasn't been doing that as consistently as you'd like or at least in spots where Contavious Caldwell Pope is the only dude around the rim it gets really frustrating and a lot of people have been talking to me about finesse nurk and and and, and it's just it, it becomes frustrating and i i get it and and it is uh, quite frustrating, but we're going to look deeper at the numbers just to figure out what exactly is going on. So around the rim, actually, Nurkic is shooting better at a higher percentage this season than he did last year for the Blazers. He's shooting 62% around the rim, and last year he shot 58% around the rim. But I think the most telling thing is not his field goal percentage, but the percentage of his field goals and where they're coming from. And... Last season, in his 20-game stretch with the Blazers, and we have a 28-game sample now to measure up with, 58% of his shots last year with the Blazers in those 20 games came from within three feet or less. That's according to basketball reference. This season, less than 40% of his shots are coming within three feet. So that is automatically a tell that for whatever reason, whether it be his post-ups aren't backing guys down the way they were, maybe it's the weight loss, or maybe it's you know he's not driving as aggressively, catching the ball on pick and roll, which you know I, I guess I don't really think that that's like that important. I don't really want him driving or anything like that. Uh, but you know he, he could, you know that that would be obviously you know it, it, that's what every NBA coach will also tell you. You know, you can look at these advanced stats and you can say, well, yeah, of course we would get to the rim every time if we could, but defense is there. So uh, it, I think maybe it could be just a scouting t- you know, a scouting quirk where teams have kind of scouted ways to keep him out. Maybe it's the weight. Maybe it, it's something else that we're not seeing or is not uh, accessible in, in the stats that we have. But the, the the results are that he is shooting less than 40% of his shots at the rim this year, and he was closer to 60 in the 20 games he was with the Blazers last year. And I guess your next question is, is where are those shots going? He's seen an increase in basically every other area of the floor. So in the floater area, 3 to 10 feet in the lane, 10 to 16, that inner mid-range and, and, and long twos, he's, he's seen a real big jump in the long twos. But the 10 to 16 and the long twos really both ha- have seen a massive jump. And he hasn't been shooting well from there. You know, he's shooting below 40%, which is around the league average. You know, if you're going to be shooting those shots, it's got to be like LaMarcus. You know, you got to be hitting at least 40, 41, you know, percent of those shots. And, and he's just not. And so, uh, you know, he, he's stepping out more. 
they're doing a lot of dribble handoff actions these days uh, around out high, and maybe that is a reason why he he's shooting more from the outside than he is from the inside. Could be just a you know a quirk of the type of plays they're running. Uh, you know, I'm not sure, but I'm just telling you what what the stats are, and uh, you know, it, it is interesting to to notice that and and to see that he hasn't been getting to the rim that much, and. For your big man, yeah, that's where you want him. That's that's why you have big men. You have big men so you can score in the paint. You have big men so you can expose a mismatch. Especially with the way the Blazers have, have designed the team, with the way that Neil O'Shea has designed the roster. They have so many big guys. If you can't take advantage of switch situations, if you can't take advantage of uh, your height in any measurable way, you're not, then you shouldn't be playing big. And, and so, and I, and I listen, and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that they need to do what the Warriors do, although pretty much every team now is trying to do some form of pace and space offense. And I don't think you can really out-Warriors the Warriors. But, you know, at some point, you, you need Nurk to, to really deliver. And I don't know if it was the, the face injury that he had that maybe has, you know, made him less aggressive. You know, his rebounding numbers are also down. And... He also did get injured very recently, so you know, I'm. It's still early in the season. You know, we're he's played in 29 games now, and things could change. You know, and 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 one of the things I think we learned last year with the Blazers is that them playing hard in March really pays off when everyone else stops playing hard, and. If the Blazers can maintain this effort when teams start to get tired, when teams start to uh, you know, not really play as well. You know that that's important. But right now, the numbers on Nurkic have been concerning, and I also have to say, in addition to this, their defense has been really good in large part also because of Nurk. So the the offense defense thing. You know, Nurkic's defense has has really been solid. I mean, they're a very good defensive team, a much better defensive team when he's out on the court. And 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 that's when him playing against starters. So it's not like uh you know, it's not like Nurk is benefiting from playing against backups. And so I, I we still got a long season. I think it's a little early to kind of give up on him or whatever. I don't I'm not giving up on Nurk. You know, we we've seen what he can do. We've seen what he can do in big moments. And we also have to keep in mind that, you know, the guy is 23 years old, like, and still like an early 23. This is the struggle with young players. And I know that the NBA is is very much a, uh, it's very win now, but it's also, these days, it's also very much about development. And they still need to develop him. They still need to, to work on his game. And... I think he still needs to as well. And so it'll be interesting to see how he develops throughout the season. So, you know, I, I was hard on Nurkic tonight and, you know, I did a little deep dive in the stats and, and, and was even harder on him. And, and you know, the, 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 the stats aren't lying. You know, he, he has had a, a, an inefficient season despite using way more possessions than he did last year and way more possessions, frankly, than he has in, throughout his entire NBA career so far. So, no, it's not great. But 
I, I do think that, you know, you got to let this marinate a little bit more. And I, th- I think also, too, in the Denver game, I think it also hurt that he didn't have Dame there, but it hurts everyone not having Dame. So uh, that's not really an excuse for him playing poorly. And uh, I think maybe this is the, you know, it, it, Nurkic is a free agent at the end of this year. And I think it's going to be hard for him to negotiate you know, a big contract the way he's been playing. And I don't necessarily see, you know, that many suitors for this guy, you know, outside of Portland that are looking at this season so far being like, oh, we got to line up the max offer sheet. So, you know, while it does, it while it does suck that he hasn't been as good as he was last year and that the fever has kind of broken, it's also, I guess, good for the Blazers in the sense that they probably won't have to negotiate against many people. Though we have seen the Blazers get uh, leveraged to the luxury tax already. So it's not as if the Blazers uh, won't be forced to to pay him some amount of money, as we've seen with some of their other uh, restricted free agents. But but Nurkic having a tough season. I think his defense has been really solid, and, and credit to him. And I think the weight loss has really helped him on that end as well. And... Uh, he's really changed games with his defense on that. And so, you know, I, I'm trying to, to paint a, a complete picture here of what Nurkic's season has been like. Has it been less efficient offensively? Yes. Has it been pretty good defensively? Yes. Could he get better? Yeah. And and, and also, uh, you know, it has been kind of nice to see Zach Collins play big minutes and and contribute when the Blazers use two draft picks on him. You know, I I think everyone was pretty confused by that pick, especially when Nurkic had the finish to the season that he had. But the, the, the silver lining, I suppose, of Nurkic not playing well recently has been Stotts giving Zach Collins a look and, and having Collins get some run. And, you know, maybe encouraging people that, hey, maybe it wasn't, you know, the worst pick in the world. You know, uh, obviously I was I was riding the Donovan Mitchell bandwagon with my boy Chad and the semi Ojale bandwagon as well. Uh, and I, I like both Swanigan and Collins, but, you know, obviously for the Blazers' needs, I didn't think that they needed that necessarily. But at the same time, if Nurkic's season does go further downhill – and Collins continues to trend up, then you say, okay, well, maybe we have a center in Collins, even though he's 20. Maybe that's our guy. You know, I, I mean, putting trust in a 20-year-old for that is is a big leap of faith. But, uh, you know, maybe that's another, another angle there to those picks is that we don't necessarily know uh, what Yusuf Nurkic is going to be. And... This season, you know, he just hasn't been quite as good, even though he's been getting more shots. He hasn't rebounded quite as well. And uh, you really you really would like to see that. And I don't know if that's the face injury. He also got hit in the face again tonight. Uh, I don't know if he needs to wear a mask or, or, or something. And I know masks aren't fun because they kind of cut off your peripheral vision. They fog up. So, you know, I'm not saying that that's a, you know, an easy thing to do. But uh, it. Nurk was he was he was he was as as Corbin said uh, in the season preview, uh, he was our murderous son 
last year. And he just hasn't been as murderous. And uh, he's going to have to answer the call, especially uh, against Philadelphia if Joel Embiid is healthy. And even if he's not, you know, that's a, that's a good team. And that's a team that he should play well against. And uh, he just hasn't played up to what we've seen that he can do so far this season. And I don't think it's time to give up on him, but it is, you know, I think it's very fair to take stock as we just did at this point in the season of, of where he is uh, on the season. So uh, the Blazers get a win tonight. Big ups to Mo Harkless. Big ups to Zach Collins, Ed Davis, Shabazz Napier, C.J. McCollum, who are in there at the end. But uh, Collins and, and Harkless really making huge plays down the stretch uh, to, to help them win this game. And uh, we'll probably see more of them because, you know, unless Dame is back by Thursday. But uh, the process will be in town on the 28th. And I hope that y'all have a wonderful Christmas if that's your holiday. I think Hanukkah is already passed. Uh, Kwanzaa, if you're celebrating Kwanzaa, have a happy Kwanzaa. Um, and yeah, so uh, keep it locked here on Lockdown Blazers. Thank you for being, you know, and thank you all, by the way. I just wanted to say thanks for being patient. I know we changed over from Audio Boom to uh, Megaphone, our now our new distributor, and we changed the feed. And and I was sick this week as well, and we only we had very few podcasts, and. I just wanted to say thank you for being patient. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, we'll keep bringing it once we hit the new year. And we're going to keep bringing it before the new year as well. But I just kind of wanted to take a moment since, you know, we're right in the moment now of 2017 best ofs and 2017 this and 2017 that. All, all the year-end uh, mumbo-jumbo. I did want to say thank you to all you lobsters out there who uh, are loyal to the pod Keep listening to my ramblings. And we will have Corbin back on next week. We will have, hopefully, a, a, a more full run of show. Hopefully, I will not be bedridden for multiple days. And uh, good health and happy holidays to everyone and, and, and your family. So uh, we're going to keep it locked here on Lockdown Blazers. Come back next time. Tell your friends. And we will see you before the Blazers face off against Embiid, Simmons, and the Sixers on Thursday.